Hey, this is Jamingus from Instagram, and you're listening to the Fly on the Wall podcast with Luke and Big Waz. Check out Jamingus on Instagram for some free stickers at J-A-M-I-N-G-U-S underscore. And don't stop listening to the Fly on the Wall podcast. Peace. Are you listening to Flying the Wall Podcast? My name's Luke. About to give Big Waz a call. Pressing the buttons. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. How are you, my good man? How are you, my good man? Okay, you're mirroring what okay, I say. Okay, you're mirroring what I say. That's going to make a very entertaining show. It's going to make show, a very entertaining it? show, isn't it? <laughs> you just go quiet. <laughs> well, I'm thinking nah. there's no point speaking anymore. This is Luke. You've sucked the life out of it. This is Big Vols. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, Hi. Hi, guys. This is episode, <laughs> what, 70 fucking thousand? I don't know, Warren. Yeah, I've lost track. 66, isn't it? 60 fucking six. That's it. I'm looking forward 66. to getting to 666. You know why? Because it's the mar- the number of the devil. No, you psychopath, because it's triple nine upside down. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, why wouldn't you just look forward to 999 then? <laughs> nah, it's too far away. Do you know... You um, fucking moron! <laughs> answer me this big was. Do you know how to get your palm red? No, you paint it with... Uh, Red paint? No, you finger a gypsy when she's got her period. Oh, God. <laughs> is, is the intention of that humour? <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. Talking of gypsies, we're talking about magicians tonight, aren't we, Warren? <laughs> yes. yes, we are indeed. Magicians and oh. a bit of magic. Um, what comes to mind when, when I say the word magic to you, Warren? <laughs> you, buddy. You. Oh, really? That's sweet. Yeah, you're magic. What's yeah. the most magical thing about your good friend, Luke? <laughs> uh, I think it's probably your singing voice. It just um, it casts a spell over me. What can we I say? Love, <laughs> That's right. Love you. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, going back to Gypsy Zone, get us out of this risky territory that we're in currently. Yeah. Um, do you know what the divination of cards is actually known as? The the, the term that it's known by. I didn't know this before. Oh, so tarot cards. I've learned it. Uh, well, you know, using cards to yeah to divine futures and uh, I guess people's. Uh, I've uh, heard two names. Two names for it. Um, bullshit or uh, a load of crap. I'm not sure which one is the That's correct. That's very disrespectful, Luciano. <laughs> it is a little bit, yes. It's actually called cartomancy. Cart cartomancy. Cart cartomancy. As in C A R T. Oh, okay. Yeah, T. Which I would have thought that's the study of carts. <laughs> yeah, dead but, uh, dead carts as well for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but cartomancy is using 
cards for uh, divining reasons. Ah, which, you, ever, you learn something every fucking day, have don't you? Have you ever had your um, cards read to you? No. I have. I won't. The thing I didn't understand. Oh, oh sorry, you go. Mm. No, no, I was just going to say, I don't think I ever will either, but you keep going. Uh, the thing I didn't understand is when I said, when like the person read them to me, like pulled the cards yeah. out and blah, 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 and then I said, okay, so now do them again. And she was like, no. And I was like, well, if it's the same thing, then I'll believe it. Otherwise, it's just random. Like, <laughs> you paid this person, you went in there and then... No, 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 no. I, I, paid her, <laughs> I paid her for other services that we won't mention. But um, right. no, she, uh, yeah, she was an old gypsy woman who had never known love. And uh, yeah, no, no, no. It was a uh, someone I used to know in my in my past, <laughs> which is very okay. gyp- gypsy and mysterious. Um, yeah, yeah, no, she a lot did of it, black and I was magic about that. Yeah, and straight away I was like, well, if you did it again and it was exactly the same, then I'd believe it. Otherwise, it's just random turning over a card. Get out of my tent. Yeah, yeah, like a roll of a dice, you know? Like if the person said to me it's going to be five every time and then rolled it and it was five every time, then I'd go, wow, something weird's going on. But just random cards drawn out of a deck, I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so that's what you're here to do tonight, is it? Just basically rip the ass out of uh, <laughs> magic. No, no. And <laughs> I, I, there's, a, there's a very small percentage of me. That um, is that your penis? Yeah, <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going to say that. <laughs> Very, it's like a point zero zero one percent is penis. <laughs> the rest, yeah, sorry, the rest What's is the small percentage of you doing. The rest, the rest of the percentage is just like white hairy mass. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, shit, eh? Um, hang on, what was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. So a very small percentage of me kind of likes the idea, I suppose, of a bit of mystical magic, but I'm not – I'm not. Um, I'm very much a sceptic, so I'm always going to try and find the holes in it and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I, I knew that already, but yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, like, to, to be sappy – Always trying to find the hole, hey? <laughs> always. Um, to be sappy, I think – Love is a kind of magic in a way when you just have an instant connection with someone or if you just fall quite hard for someone, then I think there's something magic about that. And I th- and it's not that's just... called an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what that's called, buddy. <laughs> but I, you know what I mean? Like I think there is something weird going on there because, I mean, you can meet yeah. a million and one people, but there's only, you know, a good half a million that you'll fall in love with and want to have sex with. <laughs> <laughs> A good 50%. Yeah. A good 50% of the people you meet in your life, which yeah. I'm assuming, yeah, anyway. And the people I meet in my life now are mostly elderly folk. So, you know, we all need a little bit of magic in our lives. That's what I say. <laughs> Is that what we're getting to? Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's you my... your very small percentage to yeah. the party. That's my little slogan on my business card. We all need a bit of Luke magic. Uh, right. So, uh, how do you want to kick things off then? Well, I think uh, being that we started at this end of things with you mentioned the gypsy, you mentioned the palms, red, tarot cards, I think it has its place in the theme. Yeah. Um, but I think also that there's the more, you know, the trickster element of magic, which is illusion, yep. slate of hand, and escapology. You say slate of hand, I say sleight of hand. 
I think it is sleight of hand. I was actually going to ask you what you say. I've oh, okay, always yeah. said sleight of hand, but I don't think I'm correct at yeah, all. Yeah, I think it's just slight. Yeah, that's what I would say. Sleight of hand, which makes more sense. That's really. what I've heard in songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That <laughs> must be correct. Um, but do you, know, do you know when one of the first recorded magic, I guess, illusions or tricks was played, Luke? Recorded as in like a, like an actual recording or a documentation? In, in history, yeah. The first recorded historical uh, uh, case of magic or illusion. Oh, I'm not sure about recorded, but I know that the, you know, the, uh, the, the three cups and a bean or a pea trick where you swipe them around and blah, blah, blah and try yeah, to find Yeah, that's a, Yes, indeed. 3 BC. Uh, 3 BC? Yeah. Three balls in a cup, is that like part of the code? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it, three balls in a cup. That's how we worked it out. <laughs> wow, we should be historians. So we're so good at research. Um, actually, there is a, re- there is a recorded uh, part, uh, a, a chap called um, Dee. Yeah, a chap called Dee. Dee. Oh. Well, I'm assuming, um, 2700 BC, Yep. Uh, there was a lot of balls, or it was the year, uh, performed a conjuring effect uh, using balls. Now, I'm not sure if they were his balls or... <laughs> or somebody else's somebody balls. Somebody else's. <laughs> a, bit of, uh, a, bit of crowd, a bit of crowd participation. <laughs> <laughs> but he performed the balls trick, which I actually think is more what you're suggesting, which is the balls and the cups trick, which is, um, I guess, simple in uh, what you need for it, but tricky to get right which so many tricks are, I guess. You know, any of those illusion tricks are really impressive when someone can execute them skillfully. Yeah. I think it just comes down to practice. When you're, like, like the sleight of hand thing, if you're just constantly moving those hands, but your, your rhythm and your, you're so well practiced in it that you know exactly where every cup is going to be at any one time. It's like a dance, you know what I mean? You're moving your hands around, you know, what to, you know where one's going to go and where one's going to end up, then you're always going to fool your, uh, your opponent. Exactly. Now, I'll whip, I can whip through a few historical uh, parts of this thing, unless you had something. No, to no, go for it, add. Sunshine. Go for it. <clears throat> so, in 1720, I just sort of grabbed anything that, that uh, raised my eyebrows. So, a chap called Isaac Fawkes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing some of these people were maybe the first uh, recorded, you know, uh, moments of people doing these tricks. I'd say I can so. Never think of was Isaac Fawkes, was that uh, any relation to Guy Fawkes? I have no idea, mate. Oh, interesting. No idea at all. Yeah, okay. uh, but this trick included the card on the ceiling trick okay. and his bag of many eggs. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think he heard that thing about being dumb as a bag of dicks yeah. and he wanted to prove that people could be as dumb as a bag of many eggs. But oh. I think the trick with the card on the ceiling one was involving... Somebody, uh, somebody else, you know, a, a, an audience member or whatever, and yeah. they select the card. And so the card that would end up on the ceiling was, you know, a card of their choice. Yeah. So I think that's the key part of that trick. And the bag of many eggs, I'm going to take a guess here because it didn't break it down for me, sadly, <laughs> um, is, that, is that it's it's seemingly bottomless. Like he's always, he just keeps on presenting oh, eggs. bringing out egg after egg after egg. Yeah, and people are probably starting to think, right, yeah, it must be almost empty now, surely, because like, it's you know, small, uh, nondescript kind of bag. So I, I think it's a, an illusion where, yeah, you can create the appearance of uh, infinite, uh, an infinite amount.
amount of eggs coming unless, out of the bag. Unless, of course, he had a chicken inside the bag that he was squeezing the shit out of <laughs> <laughs> every time he wanted an egg. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. He's, just got, he's, got, he's got it bound and gassed. <laughs> yeah. They think, why is, he, why is he kind of squeezing it like a bag? Yeah, between his, his legs. He, oh, I was imagining it, like, <laughs> between his knees. He just keeps <laughs> squeezing it. <laughs> It's another egg. Uh, <laughs> I'm Isaac Forks. <laughs> so, so straight to the point. Now, you'll know this name, and I'm sure everybody listening will know this name as well. 1874, uh, Harry Houdini. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got some on him, but you go, you probably cover oh, the same Oh, I don't things. have actually much on Harry Houdini. Well, so I guess you, you want read the same Wikipedia page as me, Warren. <laughs> I'd say so, but I, I didn't actually go into too much detail with him at all. Okay, it was no, more than either, his. Oh, okay. Well, you say what you've got, mate, because essentially his uh, his speciality was uh, escapology. It was. I'll let you cover that. I was just blown away that he was a keen aviator and wanted to be the first man to fly to Australia. Did you know that? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I was like, what? I thought he was just like a guy that got out of shits. But yeah, no, he wanted to. Uh, <laughs> he never succeeded. He wanted to. He did. He did a few flights in Australia, in Victoria, actually. Um, with a plane that he bought for five thousand pounds, but um, yeah, never actually flew from England to Australia or America That's to Australia. Shame. Yeah, that would have been quite the achievement. Well, I think did, was he was he did he go over the Niagara Falls in a barrel? Was that one of those? I didn't see that one. I I saw the buried alive, the milk can one, and the handcuffs that were apparently uh, designed especially for him. That he, so so he couldn't get out of them, and he did get out of them after about an hour and fifteen minutes, and he almost had a nervous breakdown because of it. See, this is where the skill comes into it. I think that even if there's uh, a lot of practice, a lot of skill, uh, certain uh, tricks there as well. There's a lot of skill in executing it smoothly and making yeah. it appear like you go, you know, your anxiety levels must be through the roof yeah. as an audience member alive at one of these events oh, where sure, yeah. they're upside down, in a barrel, chained up, handcuffed. Dildo in their like, ass. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can't <laughs> be any more in a predicament than no, you are no, right it's a, then. It's a bad night out, and, isn't it, with the boys? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> It's the, the mother of all horrible nights, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he was he was clearly extremely skilled in it and extremely daring as well. And well, with take the on with the handcuffs that. one, uh, it was rumored because at one point, about halfway through, his wife came out and kissed him as a sign of support, a you know, show of support for him. And there was uh, it was rumored that she actually slips the key from under her tongue into his mouth, and that's what he used to undo the cuffs. Because a lot of the time he did these escape acts, he was actually behind a curtain, which you sort of go, right. oh, that kind of cheapens it. I'd rather just see him struggling and hopefully die. <laughs> You know, <laughs> rather than put it behind yeah. a curtain, because who knows? Then it's like it's like uh, you know, like I remember the old one arm. Well, we don't, we never played them, but the one arm bandits, the um, poker machines, when when they were like clock, yeah. clockwork mechanical ones. Well, yeah. I reckon it was harder to get those to cheat. You know, it was harder to rig those that they you know to 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 um, screw with you than these electronic one these days. I reckon the electronic ones. They can easily just program them to never win and only win on the 1st of August every second year or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I don't understand it myself. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I did actually have much more on Harry Houdini, but I also, because, because I wanted to get onto other things, this sort of stuff is good, but uh, uh, I had another one, Dorothy Dietrich. Okay, who was, was she uh, the very assistant? young actually when she started doing it. Sorry, was she an assistant or was she uh, a magician? No, she's she's a, a magician and escapologist herself. She's actually a massive, uh, well, I would say like you know number one fan of Houdini, but okay. also has really treasured his memory. So, what so, kind of uh, uh, what kind of era was she around in, or is she still around? Well, yeah, she's still around. So she was uh, she started doing this work from very young. So there was oh, okay. Um, 1980, I think, she did this trick called the jinxed bullet catch in her mouth. Oh, cool. Um, but I think she might have been 11. Wow. When she did that trick. So I think she was born in 1969. So she, she started this extremely young. Yeah, okay. I think her parents were perhaps in the field as well. And um, her partner, a, a guy, Dick Brooks, um, is Dick also... What? what was he, Dickin? Dick Dick Brooks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he digs Dorothy, so it's okay. And um, so so he's also uh, involved in magic and escapology as well. Um, so hang on, she so, she, so she caught a bullet with her teeth, is that what you're saying? Yes, and, and wow. they also, she challenged anyone who doubted it yep. to study, to do like a, um, you know, forensic testing on the bullet. Okay. To, to, to come and have independent tests done on the bullet to see if it was legitimately fired from the gun. I think if she said it to me, if she said, well, if you doubt it, I would interject and say, well, let me shoot you in the face and you catch the bullet. Well, see, that's the thing. There's going to be some element there. I mean, there's going to be. But I guess that's what my point is. Even if there is trickery involved, it's pretty damn cool. It's still clever, yeah. They can work it out to the point where... It seems like it's death defined. But I, I, um, I've taken it on as my responsibility to crush magic. <laughs> <laughs> I, you do seem a bit aggressive. So magic, I would have but... no qualms of shooting an eleven-year-old girl in the face to prove my point. <laughs> Just to prove your point. <laughs> Catch that, well, bitch! Dorothy, watch out! At least she's a bit older now, so you won't feel as bad. Yeah. But she um, specialised in the miser's dream, which is essentially the coin trick. Okay, yeah. You know, presenting a coin out of the back of the ear or, you know, wherever. Oh, yeah, I did um, that with the kids, which I, th- I think that's a really cool trick. I think that that's got a lot of charm. For me, I think it's, and, and I think a lot of magicians do, I'm not saying I'm a magician, but a lot of magicians would do this, where, they, where they, there's a lot of theatrics and acting and, and you know, uh, bells and whistles sort of involved. So what I do, I don't just go, oh, there's a, there's a you know, $2 coin behind your ear. To my kids, or to the youngest one especially, because she's only six. So I'll go, oh, oh, stay still, stay still. you got, like, something stuck in your hair, and she'll just freeze and sort of look at me. And then I, like, go through the actions of pulling out, like, it's almost like gum stuck in her hair. Right, okay. I'll, I'll sort of mess around there for a while, and then suddenly pull out, there's a $2 coin. And her little face, she goes, and she, like, touches her hair. She goes... Is there any more in there? <laughs> I go, no, because your father's a cheap ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only coin I have. <laughs> yeah. That's very charming, though. So I like I, doing I, that. That's yeah, it's it. fun. That's it. It brings a smile yeah, to people's yeah. face because it's just such a, a, a seemingly simple trick. Yeah. Uh, and there was another one where she was uh, straightjacketed and hung in the air with a burning rope. Wow. And okay. so this was one of her, you know, signature escape situations and yep. I think anything like that would be pretty awesome to witness it would be cool yeah. Um, yeah so but she was long known as an ethical magician so she like yourself uh, actually hated 
fortune tellers. Oh, okay. And, and mediums. Well, psychics I wouldn't say I so hate on. them. Hate's a very strong word. You, you hate them, Luke. I you wouldn't hate. hate I don't hate. There's only a you just said you'd shoot an 11-year-old in the mouth to prove the magic. Yeah, but that's all comedy, Warren. I'm not sure if you know, oh, but I wouldn't. Comedy. I wouldn't actually shoot an 11-year-old in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so but but uh, particularly with psychics and mediums um, claiming to be able to speak to the deceased, yep. she really had a problem with that. Because I like of the it. Way that, I like it. Dot. Yeah, the way that people manipulate the grieving, uh, you yeah, know, and sad yeah. and, and emotional people. Whereas I guess, you know, yes, it's trickery to be an illusionist and an escapologist, but it's more to bring joy. Yeah, it's entertaining. Know, yeah, and yeah. entertainment thrills and, and so on. So yeah. I kind of like that um, I'd never heard that term before, like ethical magic. But, um, yeah, she's definitely a, an exponent of that with her partner and they also run the Harry Houdini Museum. So well, I thought um, that was a, a bit of an important little point to make. Houdini was similar. He was actually uh, he was the president of some sort of magical magician's club and he took it upon himself right. to, um, yeah, go and debunk, um, you know, like uh, fortune tellers and, and uh, mediums and stuff as well. So maybe that's why, maybe she was inspired by him so much that that's why she sort of took on the mantle. But, yeah, that's what he, he in later life, that's what he became known as as well. Well, there you go. There you bloody go. So I, I, think that's a re- I, I think that's really cool. I wouldn't mind learning a little bit more about that um, end of things in terms yeah. of magic and illusion and stuff. Well, go, so, uh, backtracking a little bit. Uh, go for it. Uh, magic and illusions and all that kind of stuff were obviously, like everything else back in the day, was seen as witchcraft and, and devil sort of uh, <laughs> devil worship yeah. and all that kind of thing. Like yeah, black, so you presenting black a $2 arts. coin from your daughter's ear. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would have been, I would have been fired, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then set fire to, no doubt, because that's <laughs> kind of what they did to remedy everything, didn't they, back in the day? You could do anything, you could bloody, you know, over bake a bloody bagel, and then suddenly you're accused of being a witch. <laughs> uh, but but then it wasn't it, uh, up and I think that was up until it was always that sort of stigma attached to it. Up until I think it was like the early 1700s um, when it became known as less deep. <laughs> and witchcrafty yep. and became more respectable and rich patrons hired magicians for private parties but expected a lot more of a risque show so therefore you had things like you know the escapes and stuff like that or walking across um burning embers and blah 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 you know it had to be a more risque show it couldn't be just like um where's the card you know <laughs> it had to be it had to be right. Walk across a tightrope between, you know, that's tied between my balls and Joseph's balls, and uh, swallow a sword, and then pull a magic rabbit out of your ass. Well, it all sounds pretty entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, okay, then jumping. Even the, even the court jester back in medieval times would have, uh, I guess, been. I mean, yes, I think they sang stupid songs and probably just rolled around the floor, yeah. but. Um, I guess they probably had a bit of that up their sleeve as well, a little bit of uh, simple trickery and uh, illusions to entertain the good folk around the banquet table. I'd also read uh, somewhere, um, do you know what a fluffer is, Warren? A fluffer? A fluffer. No. It's someone who basically, like, keeps... So in in the porn industry, Warren, let me tell you... um, Between scenes, um, because it's not live, I don't know if you knew that, but... <laughs> oh, wow, okay. It's not actually well, thanks happening. thanks for shedding some light on that. 
But they have someone, they have like, so say if it's the guy's there and he's ready to do his part, they have a girl who's called a fluffer who will just sort of stand there and stimulate the guy until he's ready to go into the scene. I don't know if they still do that today, but it was a fairly big thing back in the day of having these fluffers. Um, But I'd read somewhere that court jesters were the original fluffers. So they'd be they'd have to be in the king's bedroom. They'd be in the king's bedroom. Yeah, when he's what? when he's when he's, you know, get in his end away, when the king's getting his end away of all the, the bucks and maids <laughs> then um yeah, if he was having a bit of trouble, he'd have the jester come over and fluff him and then he was good to go again. <laughs> yeah. Hello, your majesty. I'm here to fluff your cock. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't I know. I can't think of anything less arousing. Than a jester? Why not, Warren? It's <laughs> sexy as. a jester trying to pull my cock. Actually, uh, Margot Robbie played a very good, uh, what, was her, what was the character's name? Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. That's, that's a fairly sexy jester right there. Jester-ish. Mm-hmm. But I think you're probably taking it to the other end of things. It doesn't sound like the jester in medieval times would have looked like Harley Quinn. Although, I could be wrong. You could be wrong, mate. Uh, Okay, jumping again uh, a few more centuries ahead. Um, So we talked about Houdini, but the other very, very well-known, more contemporary uh, magician and illusionist is Mr. David Copperfield. Now, Of course. Do you know, today, 2020, he, that man... His net worth is $1.2 billion. That's incredible. All come from magic tricks and illusionist work. Trickery. <laughs> yeah, trickery. Skullduggery. Deception. Deception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lies. Yeah. So there's a lot to yeah. be said about lying your way to the top, mate. Well done, Mr. Fucking Copperfield. The only, uh, the only thing I've ever seen him do, which straight away yep. I was like, it's a crock of shit, and I watched it when I was like 12 or 13, was when he, uh, well, when he allegedly walked through the Great Wall of China. <laughs> do you know what? I, I watched the same one. Oh, there you go. Maybe we watched it together. I doubt it. Oh, okay. If you were 13 or 14. Well, I don't know. Exactly. I could have been 35. I don't know. It's all a blur. You're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did watch I did watch that exact uh, trick, though, because yeah. that was quite a big a big event for it some was, and it was, I'm not sure and, what it was done that way for. And it was behind a screen, and you saw his silhouette, but you didn't actually yeah. see him. And I'll be, I remember even as a young kid being ripped off, I was like, what? He's not exactly walking through it. You can Like, it's just his silhouette, and then, wow, he's on the other side. And I, straight away, I thought, well, it's got to be mirrors or something, you know? Yeah. It's it, was, it was a bit weak. Really. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed, to be honest. Yeah, good on your Copperfield. Enjoy your $1.2 billion. I would have found it. Thief. I would have found it much more entertaining if he just put on yeah. a helmet and ran as fast as he could <laughs> at the wall. <laughs> Boom! Oh, fuck! <laughs> that would have been much more fun. I've been told it would work. You know, I was <laughs> yeah. never a fan of Copperfield. Nah, he was always a smarmy git, wasn't he? Like, he looked, he looked like he was a game show host slash used car salesman. Hi, I'm David Copperfield. Yeah, and he had his long mullet and his all slick back, and, uh, and you knew he was boning every single assistant he had. Do you know where he probably should have gone? Where? Uh, to make this all a bit more convincing is the Grey School of Wizardry. The Grey School of Wizardry? In the state of California. Wow, okay, yeah, tell me it's about that It's a legitimate place. thing. You can do a seven-year apprenticeship. Oh, so it's like Hogwarts, is it? Yeah, the headmaster. Would you like to know his name, Luke? Yes, please, Warren. Oberon Zell Ravenheart. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, what a name. That's a great name. Oh, I wonder if he makes his, like, the women he beds, I wonder if he makes them scream out his full name. <laughs> Don't forget the Zell. <laughs> Can you say it My again? Wench. What's his name? Say his name one more time. Oberon Zell Ravenheart. Uh, so he's the headmaster of this school. It's mostly done online. You'd of course be surprised he is. to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does he does he only accept female applicants? I'm not sure, but I'd say it has a lot to do with it. Um, but he also runs the Church of All World, Worlds. Yep. Um, and they study all sorts of, of manner of magic. I think they have uh, white magic, black magic, and grey magic. Okay, yeah. Um, and white magic, of course, is selfless and for a helpful purpose. Um, the, the black magic, as you can well imagine, is... For selfish, harmful, evil purposes. Dark supernatural, yeah, that's cool. That's right. Grey magic is a bit more non-specific, so it's not for solely selfless reasons, but it's also not, you know, with uh, ill intent all the time. It's it's a bit more, maybe it's a little bit of trickery here and there, and, uh, you know, it might benefit somebody sometimes, but you might create $1.2 billion for yourself on another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feeling that way inclined. Um but then you can also delve into high magic or low magic. Okay, what's the difference? Well, high magic is is much more complex yep. and sophisticated, and it's often indoors, and there's many more steps to it. So if you were casting a spell, uh, you know, let's say it's a, a wealth spell, it might have numerous stages to the successful casting of that spell, but it's often done indoors, and there's probably a whole of rituals to do, uh, incantations, okay. perhaps even, uh, you know, like, I'm not sure I'm necessarily having a cauldron out with the, the frogs getting no, drunk. that'd be cool, that'd but, be cool. Yeah, it would be kind of cool, but I, I think that there would be a very precise process, whereas I think low magic is more associated with folklore and mythology, oh, and okay. it's outdoors, and I it's like a that. bit more of the earth. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I sort of like the idea So that's of more uh, in line with, like, Wiccan sort of witchery and magic, is it? Yes, yeah, so I have a little bit on Wiccan. Um, I'm not sure if you wanted to jump straight up that way. Or yeah, yeah, I just wanted to, to say while we're talking spells, I just wanted to, it reminded me, um, the reason we're doing this episode about magic and so, such things is because um, one of our uh, followers, more recent followers, um, yep. she's a, like a witch or something, and she messaged okay. me, mes- messaged us, Fly on the Wall podcast with an underscore between each of those words on Instagram, and uh, said, yeah, I can help you out with spells and stuff, including things like make your boobs bigger, I thought of you, Warren, make your dick bigger, oh, I thought, I thought yeah, of myself for the, for the dick bigger, um, yeah, a whole list of stuff that you can do, and what it made me think was, one, let's do an episode on magic and such, but also, yes. what kind of person out there is going, you know what, I've always suffered with a very small penis, so I'm going to go to a witch. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what they already believed. And, and some people That's don't true. have a lot of faith in modern medicine. That's true, yeah. Some people yep. have a lot more faith in things of the earth. Than, yep. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a big fan of natural medicine. I think there's definitely something in that. But I wouldn't align that with uh, magic and witchery. Well... Who knows, mate? Who knows? Yeah, I think that I think there's a lot to be said for like positive energies. Oh, for um, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and obviously, you know, I guess having it conveyed by people and and um, 
you know, having a group of people, uh, I guess, try to feed positivity into somebody to make them better or yeah, make them feel I do, happier. I do think there's a lot in that, to be honest. I think there's a lot in positive yeah. thinking. I think if you always err on the side of being positive and optimistic, then you're only going to generally, you're only going to generate that kind of thing into your life. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, I think some things are obviously unavoidable. Like, I got fucking robbed, Warren. <laughs> yes, I know, mate. <laughs> uh, I know. But, but, like, for example, if I, um, in the past, if I um, felt a sniffle or something coming on, um, I would just go, no, no, I'm not sick, I'm fine. And I'd be able to battle through it because I'd just think, no, no, I'm okay. And I learned that from dad. He said, if you just tell yourself you're okay, you're going to be okay. He goes, of course, you can't always. If you've got no head. Yeah, that's right. You know, if you're dying on the streets because you've got pneumonia, then, <laughs> then that's yeah, something else. But you know what I mean? Like it's that general sort of uh, positive thinking and just going, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, and working through it if you can, then that's that's a good thing. You know, rather than go, oh, I've got a sniffle, I can't go to work, I'm going to stay home and stay in bed and feel sorry for myself and watch Oprah and eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Whereas if people like uh, burning some incense and, and casting some, some bones to uh, to see what their, their day or week or month might hold, and it gives them the the feeling that things are going to be okay, then, yeah. you know, I guess Each there's no harm in that. That's right, that's right. Um, but just to, to delve into Wiccan then, as we're sort of dealing with this for a moment. Do it. Um, I was interested in the fact that they're historical. I mean, I think it's more from the <laughs> community of Wiccan people uh, themselves than anything else, and like necessarily a historical account. Um, but it's often that you can associate the pentacle, which is the star with a circle around it. Oh, yeah. So not to be confused with the pentagram, yeah. although it could easily be confused as a pentagram, but it's often made with sticks and stones and flowers and things incorporated into it that are of the earth, yeah. and I think that that's the main difference, but it, it can represent the cycles of the moon and sun, and it's represented also by the horned god and mother goddess. Oh, okay. Are they an which, item? Uh, Oh, I'm not sure if they're an item, but they're believed to be almost Stone Age uh, deities. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they necessarily do date back that far, but I think it's it's in keeping with uh, what primeval uh, humans w- would have probably been thinking as well. They would yeah, have right. worshipped things of the earth and felt that, you know, anything good or bad or anything else would have come from the ancestors buried in it and yeah. also See, I kind of like the that. earth itself. I like that. Yeah, well, that's right. And and of such power that I guess they couldn't help but believe that, which yeah. is fair enough too. Um, but the belief in Wiccan is that to, uh, there's a lot of making sacred circles <laughs> and the cone of power, which is a, a sacred circle, but then everyone might raise their hands towards the centre. Yep. And it's a method of raising magic and sending positive energies uh, out to wherever that target may be. So it could be a person, it could be an event taking place, it could be, um, yeah, something that's that's uh, happening in the world, I guess, or in the future that they want to influence in a positive way. And I guess that that's that, that white magic yeah, that we okay. were discussing before. But there are examples of it. The, the <laughs> defeat of the Spanish Armada. In 1588, okay, uh, yep. they claimed that there was a cone of power uh, held at some point just before that. 
uh, the the win against the Napoleon's invasion oh, in wow. 1805. Yep. 1939, 40, Hitler's intention to invade southern England okay. was deterred by the influence of a cone of power um, and also ending the Vietnam War right. in 1971. So it's really stepped in at the most disastrous sort of times then. Well, yeah, they feel that they've influenced these things not taking place. You know, there's a positive there, like they're stopping something even more horrendous from happening. Um, there's plenty of other horrendous things around those times that we could say, well... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it didn't, it didn't want to step in with the horrendous uh, murders in Rwanda in the 90s or anything like that? Yeah, that, all of these were just examples, mate. They might have had a hand in everything and they might have okay. saved many more. Yeah, okay, fair know. enough. Yeah, fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. But just still on the, the Wiccan and the natural uh, magic Jesus, side you've of got things. A, you've, got a real hard on, you've got a really, real hard on for Wiccan tonight, Warren, I feel. <laughs> it's all leading to one point. <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, there was something interesting that I found. It's called the Witch's Ball. It's all about balls tonight. Yep. Uh, it's used throughout Sussex and parts of America up to today, which I thought was interesting that it's in Sussex specifically. Yeah, okay. And, and parts of America. So it's it's very focused in on that region of England. Um, and they're green or blue glass balls, and they're hung up in the house or, you know, near a window or whatever to deter witchcraft. Okay. Yeah, but also, and this is what caught my eye specifically, we have a very dear listener from the Ozarks. Yeah, we do, yep. And uh, in apparently, and please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, here, uh, in Ozark folklore, there's uh, a sort of a, a witch's ball of sorts that is made of black hair with beeswax, and then they roll into a hard round pellet. And I think either people can keep them uh, hung up, or if they're found, that they're they're often being thrown at a victim by a witch. Oh Jesus! So it's some sort of symbolic. Uh, gesture to have a, a witch's ball thrown at what, you. And then, you're, and then you're like cursed or are you killed or I what? I guess, yeah, like a marked, yeah, you're like a marked target. Wow. It's like thing I you... said, I, I'd love some um, some embellishment on that information if yeah. our Ozark friend can help us there. The last thing you want is witch's balls on you, don't you? Uh, definitely not black, hairy with beeswax sort of kneaded <laughs> yeah. into it as well. That's definitely yeah. not sounding very Very exciting. uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> but have you got anything to add to this uh, this element of stuff, mate? Not to the Wiccan. I'm going to go over to a bit, uh, a darker type of magic, which is a voodoo magic. Oh, I've got that here as well, don't you worry. I've got a, well, I was actually, okay, yep, just... Uh, Looking at the time, though, we, uh, we, we haven't got a whole bunch of time left, but that's okay. No worries. Um, so I wanted to tell a story, um, right. if, if I may. Uh, now, this is I found this on Reddit, so you never know how <laughs> truthful it is, but it did grab my fancy. So I'll read okay. it. I've written it down. Miss Laveau, Louisiana, 1835, was hired to put to death... No, put a death curse on the husband of a countess. Cash on delivery, basically, right? A month later, the husband died, and doctors couldn't explain why. The countess then refused to pay Miss Laveau. 
Miss Laveau said, if you don't, I will take all that you love. A month later, still no pay, the Countess's eldest son died. A month later, no pay still. The Countess's next son died. She still didn't pay, Miss Laveau. A month later, a daughter died, leaving only a baby son. And finally, the Countess paid, right? And there's a little bit more interest to it. Yeah, a little bit more to it. 20 years later, the now grown son, so the baby son that was left alive, he's all grown up. He tried to kill Miss Laveau, but she escaped. A month later, the man's infant son died. Miss Laveau, oh, no. Miss Laveau was never seen again. That's uh, that's pretty creepy, isn't it? That is very creepy. <laughs> now, like I said, it was on Reddit, so you never know how you know truthful this is. It could be just some aspiring creative writer on there or something. But oh, but it, it, course, it definitely but, conjured yeah. up some some visions, you know, and, and a and a bit of a chew up the spine. That's for sure. I think the whole voodoo practice does have that effect. But I was interested by how many variants uh, there are of voodoo. Yeah, okay. So well, talk us where, through Where them. was the region that you talked about, mate? This was Louisiana. This was Louisiana. Okay, so that is actually Louisiana voodoo. Oh, okay. Very specifically, and that's called voodoo. And it's specific but, to that region, is it? Yeah, so oh, okay, there's yeah. slight differences uh, throughout. So I'll just read through yep. the list that I had. Uh, so there's deep southern hoodoo. <laughs> that sounds like a, uh, like a, uh, a promotion for KFC. <laughs> yeah, you want a bucket of beef, son? Who do? Come down, KC, right now. Who do you do? Um, <laughs> there's Cuban voodoo. Nice. Dominican vindu. Okay, yeah. Haitian voodoo, which is spelt differently. Indian vindaloo. <laughs> Funnily enough, that's not on my list. But then Louisiana Delicious. voodoo, of course. Yep. North African vodun. Right. Uh, Tambo Demina, and then Campbell, uh, sorry, Kenbole Gigi. Wow. Which I think is from other uh, Caribbean or, or deep southern uh, areas. Okay. So I think they're all influenced by, actually, I think that last one might have been from Africa itself. Right. So a lot of West, West African cultures um, had these practices, you know, over many, many generations. And I think when the slave trade brought so many over to that region of the world, uh, so much was taken from them that they kept these practices going in the background because it was, um, I guess, that one thing that they could have that was theirs. That and their, uh, their music, yeah. That's right. So there was this sort of deep, secretive uh, knowledge of these arts, these dark arts, um, seen as a bit of a rebellion against that domination by the European yeah, that's cool. slave traders and everything. Yeah, exactly. And I can see why it would have taken on these uh, kind of legendary stories and tales and folklore because that's the sort of stuff that gives you your own culture over there when so much has been taken from you. So... And the voodoo in general has a lot to do with um, on neuromancy, which is the study of the dreams. Oh, okay, yep. And cleromancy, which is the casting of small objects. So 
I mean, I always think of, you know, a few films that I really like where there's a bit of voodoo thrown in, but shells, bones, stalks, coins, uh, nuts, stones, dice, sticks, etc. Okay, yeah, cool. Just being cast, you know, with, you know, maybe an animal blood or something like that. Funnily enough, that's what, I, that's what I have for dinner tonight. <laughs> that's the recipe. <laughs> All of those things cast, yeah. just thrown onto the floor. Delicious. Hell, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it wasn't bad, actually, yeah. Um, well, you know what I'd call that? That's a plate of deep southern hoodoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, curiously, my wife was sitting there with a tiny doll of me sticking pins in it. I don't know what that was about, but... <laughs> uh, right into the stomach to stop you eating yeah. all that meat. If I wake up dead, I'll know that something went wrong. <laughs> Very good point, mate. But did you have some other things on the actual practice of voodoo? Because I don't have No, any, I just had that story. Stuff. I felt that story was enough. It is enough, actually. I think it paints... Uh, and, and as you know, I was... Uh, I referred to the King Willie from the Jamaican gang. Yeah, yeah. Predator 2. Do it again. Voodoo <laughs> magic man. Um <laughs> But he, he's talking about, he, he seems to have knowledge of the predator, like what it is, yeah, yeah. what it means, what it's after, because of that uh, more spiritual level of understanding. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and he casts, I think he casts bones while he's doing his uh, little speech. I'm not sure if he does it right then. But then there's also the, uh, the Jamaicans, uh, voodoo practitioners at the start too, when they attack the Colombian and he splashes him with blood from a, <laughs> yeah. you know, sacrificial bowl and then cuts his heart out. You know, like it's <laughs> good all, times, good it's times. probably not necessarily very truthful there, but <laughs> yes. it's very cool. Paints <laughs> a good picture, though. Uh, it certainly does. All right. Have you got anything else on magic magicians and stuff? No, that's me done. That's me Brother. done too. So I think we'll go to a short break and then we'll come back with Fly on the Wall podcast investigates. Okay, no problem. Don't be a puss. A little dark humor never hurt anyone. So join me in listening to my favorite, hilariously offensive two Aussies. Fly on the Wall podcast. This is Secret DeVos, and I approve this message. The Fly on the Wall podcast investigates. Here you go, mate. And we're back in. Uh, how's Twitter going, Warren? Twitter? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> about it's about four hundred and sixty uh, followers. Oh on wow, Twitter. that's awesome. That's pretty bloody good. Yeah, so I, I will definitely let you know when when we hit. Not if when we hit five hundred. So thank you to everyone who is also a listener. Where can following they... on? Twitter. Where can they find us on Twitter? They can find us on Twitter at Fly on the Wall P O One. So I reckon you, you might. Also, I reckon you might end up. Uh, Twitter might end up surpassing Instagram, maybe as far as followers. Possibly, but I reckon they're of a different character anyway. Like the way that it works. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't see that as being like necessarily more valuable or. Um, meaning that we've got more listeners from there. I just okay. think that the network is bigger. So. Um, yeah, but on Instagram, you can find us at Fly on the Wall Podcast with an underscore between each of those words. And Luke did say our email before, and I don't think many people get in touch.
touch. So, you know what? For something different, send us an email yeah, at the Fly on the Wall podcast, one one at gmail.com. Good man. All right, Fly on the Wall podcast investigates. Now, just as a little refresher for our listeners, uh, because we've, we've kind of just uh, tapped this on at the end of episodes, and I, I kind of wanted to put it in the middle of this episode just to highlight it a little bit more. Yeah. Because it is something I'm really getting stuck into, and it, it it the more I the more I scratch, the more I'm uncovering. It's one of those things, you know what I mean? And and I like could one of your filthy rashes. Yeah, one of my scabby pus filled <laughs> rashes that's around my. Yeah. It's an anal lesion, is what it is, I suppose. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, those lesions you've got there, fucking yeah. scary. <laughs> but anyway, so what I'm talking about is yeah. um, we found so many episodes ago we went did some urban exploration and we went to the yeah. old Warburton Hospital, um, which was built in the early 1900, 1902, and we did some foraging around there and some exploring, and it was really cool. And then we started to do sort of some some basic research looking into the old place and we found that there was a link to the Sunbury Asylum now this was a mental asylum that was built in the uh, early to mid 1800s and the link was this doctor um, Dr. Colin North, but as I've mentioned on the previous episodes, his real name is Ernst Vollmer. So today's for today's episode of Flying Wall Podcast Investigates, I'm just going to give you a bit of a rough uh, a bit of a rough timeline um, as I've sort of penned it out so far. But like I said, um, <laughs> each section that I scratch on, I'm, I'm going down another pathway that leads me into more and more bizarre things. But anyway, I won't confuse the listener too much. I'll just I'll just get stuck in. And as you can see, I'm just listening very carefully because I do want to try and get my head around it as well. Okay, so Ernst Vollmer. Now this this yeah, it's a <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. But anyway, Ernst Vollmer, right? He was born in 1844 in Mittenwald, Germany, which is just a like a small little village in Germany, right? Like quite a quaint little place. But anyway, um, he had three sons. Uh, one of them was Rolf Vollmer, who I've spoken about. He um, he resided in Antwerp in Victoria, not Belgium, um, Antwerp, yeah, uh, Victoria. And he ended up um, getting done for manslaughter for killing his wife in a uh, an exorcism that had basically gone wrong. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so that was one of his sons, right? Um, the other two sons I haven't found too much about yet, but there was a there was a couple of intriguing things that I'll talk about in another ep- episode. But anyway, going back to Ernst Vollmer, he migrated to Australia with his family in 1855, right? And his his family were Seventh-day Adventists. And this is where, oh, it, gets, right. this is where it gets a little bit kooky because his family believe or believed that Ernst Vollmer was the second coming of Christ because apparently the Seventh-day Adventists believed that the second coming of Christ would be in 1844, and that's when this Ernst Vollmer was born, right? Well, there we go. Okay. So all through his young life, Ernst Vollmer's parents believed he was Christ, and they treated him like that. So they basically worshipped the ground he walked on. So, right. needless to say, he became quite an egotistical little yeah. prick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's, there is more on that, but I kind of wanted to uh, jump ahead a little bit. So, like I said, they emigrated, they migrated to um, uh, Australia in 1855, uh, to Melbourne as well. 
Um, jump forward a few years and he went to, Ernst went to, well, he studied at the medicine, he studied medicine at the Melbourne University in 18, oh, 1861, which happened to be the first year the school um, of medicine was established at the, at the, uh, at the university. Okay. Yeah. Then he went on to... So I'm sort of jumping from here to there because that's how it was kind of read in the articles that I found because they're all kind of yeah, – yeah. it's almost like a cut-and-paste type thing, like it was a bit of this and a bit of that. So anyway, so he's at the university, 1861, and then by the early 1870s, he was already working at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. Um, but he was fired in 1873, um, which was the same year he married a lady called Maud Rayland right? So I was like, okay, why was he fired? That was, that's, that was odd to me, right? So he sort of set himself up. He's got this, he's got this bit of a, a God-like ego, I suppose. God complex, yep. God complex, that's the best way of putting it, yep. Yeah. He's got married, but then he got, he got fired. Everything sort of went a bit skew if in 1873 and he was arrested, right? This is, this is what I found out. He was arrested for being a peeping Tom, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and as for the – so there wasn't a whole lot on this, but there was one little article right at the end of his, like, what I read on his sentencing because it's all, like – you can go on to um, – what's it called? Um, oh, the Melbourne – like the Melbourne or the the State Library archives and you can find all sorts of stuff out because they – after oh. 50 years, they released, like um, – uh, public information or whatever they call it, right? Yeah, like freedom. Yeah, freedom of information. Sort yeah, of stuff. yeah. So as for his sentencing, so he got done for being a peeping tom, and obviously, okay. obviously, the hospital must have found out. So he was fired from his job. Um, and as far as as far as his sentencing and punishment, um, all I found was that he went to Pentridge Prison, right, which is a prison in well, was a prison in Melbourne. It's not around anymore. And there's a small snippet from the detention deputy, which I guess is like a like a prison guard or something. Yeah, yeah. And this is all it said, right? Now you make okay. of it what you what you will, but yeah, we'll have a chat about it in a minute. So it said in this little <laughs> uh like a document thing, it was like a handwritten thing, like a sta- right. like a statement, I suppose, from this deputy detention deputy. It said hang on, let me Mr Volmer was brought into the holding cell. The walls and the door are so thick that no light or sound comes in. The others and I took to him with a stick and a cat. He had a bell and rang it for mercy. That's it. That's that's all it says. That's all it says. Now, a stick is pretty self-explanatory, but the cat cat threw me. But then I read it to the wife. A cat of nine tails? Yeah, she said a cat of nine tails. Maybe they just called it the cat, you know, for sure. Yeah. And the cat yeah, and the cat. obviously is is a whip thing. So, yeah. but how ominous is that? It's very, like it's I was like, what the fuck? They gave him a fucking bell to ring once they'd beat yeah, the shit yeah. out of him. And you, and you think to yourself, wouldn't you just fucking ring it before the beating starts? But maybe, <laughs> maybe it was kind of a thing that no, no, you have to cop some of it. Now this is at a time. So this is like I said, early yeah. eighteen seven, eighteen seventies, when yeah. um, um, lashings was still a punishment. Like, that was still a punishment. So I'm not sure if this was actually a a court um, assigned punishment. Part or, of the sentence, yeah. Yeah, or if it was just that this detention deputy and his and his because it what did he say? Oh, the others and I 
took to him yeah. with a stick and cat. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like maybe a few guards. Yeah. And this guy who might have been in charge of a few of the guards. And then, yeah, they've just had a, a fun old time. Yeah, and he had the bell and he rang it for mercy. <laughs> Well, I'm glad he had the bell. Yeah, I mean, in yeah. some ways, you were kind of relief that he had it. But I don't know. Yeah, like you said, like why would why would he not just ring it straight away? That's like, right. It doesn't make so, a lot of sense. So yeah, like I said, I just want to. I, I guess the best way of doing this is kind of like a timeline. So um, that's sort of the first section, I suppose, that I've sort of nutted out and put together. But okay, yeah, Ernst Vollmer. Um, so the main things I want the audience and you to take away from this is that yeah. Ernst Vollmer, he's the father of Ralph Vollmer. Now you can go out there and look the, look Ralph Vollmer up, people. Um, he studied medicine at the Melbourne University in 1861, um, worked at the Royal Melbourne Hospital then, and, and was fired. And that same year, he married a lady called Maud Rayland. Um, that same year, he was arrested for being a peeping Tom. Um, yeah. And, yeah, was obviously beaten or something. Something. This is an interesting uh, rabbit hole that you're going down. <laughs> yeah, it's there's, 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 uh, I've got the feeling there's going to be many more little stories because yeah. you know, who would have thought, like the son with the exorcism that killed the wife and then this with the people, Tom, got a pantridge. That's right. Like, it's, it's nuts. That's crazy. But, uh, I'm fascinated by it because, like I said, each – each door leads to another three or four doors about Something this guy. Else, yeah. You know? So, and obviously, yeah, it eventually leads to him working at the Sunbury Asylum, and then the Warburton Hospital. So, yeah. So that, but that's it for uh, that's it for this episode of Flying the Wall Post- Podcast Investigates. Well, yeah. thank you very much, Luciano. That was great. We'll come back with some uh, news of the weird. Indeed. Yo, DJ, spin that shit. This is our segment called News of the Weird. I'm not talking about Warren's beard. It's going to be odd. It's going to be strange. It's going to be wacky and a little unexplained. Three, two, one, we're back in. You are with Luke and... And we are Flying the Wall Podcast. Okay, news of the fucking weird. Okay, this is just a short one from me. It's uh, I looked up some um, weird Australian laws. Now, <laughs> I've never heard of these laws before. I've never heard of anyone being arrested for them, but it would be quite funny to hear if someone was arrested for them. So if you have, then let us know. Um, did you know, Warren? <laughs> yeah, I might look further into this because it does sound a, doesn't sound plausible. But anyway, it's illegal to wear hot pink pants after midday on Sundays in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say why. It didn't say what. Like there was no, no reason. Ah, uh, hey, that sounds as pointless as saying we need to wear a mask. At all times, <laughs> yeah. when you say twelve o'clock onwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Num- number two, it's illegal. Hang on. Oh yeah, this one's great. It's illegal to dress as Batman or Robin and roam the streets in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sit on a building? Pardon? Can you sit 
land on top of a building? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so, because technically it's not roaming the streets. It's not just... Uh, it's just up to the top of the building got changed into my Batman outfit <laughs> yeah. and then just put on a gargoyle for the night. It did make me wonder about, like, Halloween when you go trick-or-treating, though. Some poor kids are dressing up as Batman and Robin and the police come and shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it depends on what you're actually doing. Like, as you know, roaming the streets sounds a little ominous. Maybe there, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're sitting in a car that um, looks remarkably like the Batmobile and you're scoping out villains, then maybe they've got an issue with it. But if you're just carrying a, a bucket and asking for candy at the door, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, get, you get off a little more lightly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, this one is a quirky one. And it kind of makes sense, but in Australia, it kind of doesn't. It's illegal to be drunk in a pub. <laughs> well, I understand what you know what that means, but I think yeah. that it, there's a lot of personal, um, yeah, opinion. I guess that comes into that where people decide when someone's too inebriated. To yeah, be yeah. But it's almost like saying it's illegal to be full in the belly in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> is for people to drink um, and I'm sure they want you to fill up with as much drink as you yeah. feel comfortable to handle. Yeah, so. that's, right. that's why they, uh, do you know that's why they give you, um, that's why there's salted nuts or in England there used to be salted nuts on the on the bar um, so that you eat them but it actually makes you more thirsty and they also turn up the, uh, the air con as well to make it warmer inside the pub even on summer days to create like a bit of a sweat so you get thirsty again and drink more. Right, well, there you go. Well, don't they don't they actually sell bloody room temperature beer in England? Get fucked, Warren. But that's what they do, isn't it? It's not. It's the uh, the thing is, everyone always says it's warm beer because warm. It's room temperature <laughs> because it because it is cold. But it's because England is so fucking cold that the beer can't even reach that kind of coldness in a fridge. <laughs> Bullshit. They're fucking lazy. They don't want to chill it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's it for me. Over to you, Big Falls. Okay. So this, um, you, you probably know the events of Pompeii. Uh, yeah, roughly, yep. The massacre. So in 79 AD, Mount Vesuvius erupted and killed at least 1,300 people in Pompeii, which is in Italy. Yeah. But, but there has been a skeleton discovered that appears to have died in another fashion, but at the same, uh, in the same eruption of Mount Vesuvius, but has died of something different. Okay. It's actually been decapitated by an enormous stone whilst trying to flee oh. the town. Oh, okay, right. It's been discovered on the site. So I there's a photo, and it shows this uh, a, a carved piece of stone. So they're actually suggesting that it's part of like a door lintel. Right. So it's part of a door frame, like a large column, um, and the figure is lying there face up, uh, flat, straight, like almost like just laying on their back. Right. And this rock is fucking speared into where their head would have been. Oh, shit. So it's actually still pinned there. Fucking hell. They, they unearthed it like that and were like, shit, this one's actually died. Fucking hell. Uh, from, from, the, from the 
eruption that and it's thrown it by the volcanic cloud. Yeah. So the victim, believed to have been over 30 years of age at the time of his strange death, appears to have been found lying face up. That suggests he was looking towards the eruption and the falling stone before he was killed. Oh, my God. His head appears to have been separated from his body in the incident. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) What's that? Oh, I said I'd say so. A pillar's fallen on his head. I'm sure his head's no longer there. It's massive. Yeah. So what they're suggesting is that... uh, he actually had uh, some sort of infection in the leg oh. and and that he would have been limping away and unable to run. Oh, poor bastard. And so whatever this affliction in the leg was, yeah, he's sort of limping away. He probably heard the eruption of the mountain or a sudden explosion of ash, turned around and was fucking decapitated by this stone column. Jesus Christ. And now, isn't it, isn't it weird that all these hundreds of years later, we're talking about him? Like, he, you know, he was probably just doing a shit, heard the volcano, jumped up, suddenly the pillar's coming towards him, and he's thinking, fuck. And then <laughs> hundreds of years later, you and I on a podcast are talking about him. Some bastards will be referring to him on here. I wonder if in, like, hundreds of years, someone will be talking about my death, my sudden demise. Well... Maybe you have to get your face crushed by a door frame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd like to get. I'd like to go down in history as the first man that was had his skull crushed by a bunch of naked marauding dwarves. <laughs> I think that would definitely be newsworthy. I yeah. think you'd be remembered for a long yeah. time for that death. Yeah. Oh, he was um, that guy. He was that guy that was crushed by the naked marauding dwarves in 2020. Wow, yeah. While the coronavirus lockdown was going on. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, how bizarre that he would have died from that, though. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so many other reasons. Oh. But yeah. that brings me... That brings me to my to my question. But hang on, let's play the questions theme. Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to play the theme. It's just questions. And we're back in with questions. You've got your sneaky question first, Big Vaz. That's it, mate. Well, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you're a Roman, okay? Yes, I am. You're living in you're living in um, Pompeii. Yep. In in AD in the seventies, you yep. know, yep. <laughs> in the swinging seventies. Hell of uh, a lot of raping going on, Warren. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and that's that's everyone raping me. I must say. Oh, okay, right. Well, it's good that you cleared that up. It, that makes it a whole lot more acceptable. Um, you know, you, you, you run a, a successful business building toys. Um, nice. You've got <laughs> a couple of kids. One day, shock horror, Mount Vesuvius, uh, it erupts. Jesus, fuck. But in that last moment, you can decide how you're going to die. You're going to choke to death on a fucking ash cloud, <laughs> or, you get, or are you going to get your head crushed by a door frame? Made of stone. What would be the choice if you if you actually got the choice to go? Yeah. Would you get yeah your head staved in by a massive boulder, or yeah, would you get fried by the ash? Well, as much as being fried by ash is appealing, um, <laughs> I think I'd I think I'd go the quick death option and have the pillar yeah shafted into my face. I would too. 
I, I feel like um, not. I feel sorry for the, the chap because yep. he clearly was struggling to get away because of this infection in the leg. But I feel like he perhaps got out easy in a way because yeah, I reckon it would have been completely immediate. There would have been no yeah. thought, no. No terror of that moment. I think there, um, like, like if you said he was laying on his back and he sort of saw it coming, there would have oh, been a, there would have been a second or millisecond of like a just a, <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's all over. Oh. So there would have been a second of fear, but that's nothing yeah. compared to like a whole fucking river of lava coming towards you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> so in some ways, I think he probably. I mean, I hate to say it this way to put some title. He's the luckiest man in Pompeii. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear the word lava, I always yeah. think of the song lava, lava, lava. You don't Well, let me uh, let me throw a little sneaky sideways question in there for you, All Warren. Right. This isn't my official question, but it is prompted by your question. Um, What's the most appealing way for you to die? Like in the future, <laughs> long in the future, obviously, you know, wh- like what's what What do you sort of go, well, it'd be nice if I kind of went this way? Uh, well, I guess it's probably either very peacefully in my sleep, so you're completely oblivious. Yeah. Um, but I guess the other would be to be lying there and be surrounded by family. Oh, yeah. Um and sort of able to look at everybody in those last moments. And Na- I mean, are you naked? <laughs> I make sure I'm naked because then, you know, I'm completely at one with myself. Yeah, nice. You know, I can just let it all go in that final moment. Yep. Everyone can be more distracted. Oh, oh fucking hell. Look at his oh, dead no. balls. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the last thing I hear. <laughs> just as I go, yeah. look at him. No, no, the last thing you hear is your beloved saying, they look just as bad as when he was alive. <laughs> She's so calm. Uh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> the whole death. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, shit. But, but probably either one of those, I guess, in a, in a perfect situation if we can choose it. Well, needless to say, for me, I want to go down... <laughs> Shot down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> yeah. You want to be shot out of a cannon? Yeah. I want to go down fighting. I want to go down like, you know, I, I drive past some fucking idiots yesterday um, playing cricket in the coronavirus lockdown. Uh, yeah. um, it was 15, 20 people playing cricket on an oval. And okay, I feel go like on, running into them, killing all of them. And then the police coming, not knowing what's going on, and just shoot me down as well. <laughs> so, if, <laughs> so if you get to say 96, 97 years old, yeah, you, you'd still go in. You'd yeah, still go hard if at I them. can, yeah. I will absolutely. Yeah, hobble <laughs> your way down. Obviously, you know, obviously the whole going to sleep and then not waking up is appealing, but. Um, yeah, I don't no, know. It's not. It's terrifying. Well, there's something there's something to be said about going out with a bit of I don't know, a bit of something, you know, a bit of a fight like uh I don't know, like running into a burning building and saving a whole school 
and then but oh. then perishing in the flames, you know? <laughs> yeah. Something like that's kind of cool. You jump back in the flames to just get a good end. <laughs> yeah. They go, yeah, it's you're weird. totally fine, but you're like, well, this seems like a good enough moment. Yeah, all the, all the witnesses would be like, it was so weird. Like, he was out. He got us all out, and we were so happy. <laughs> and then he just, we were like, no, no, Luke, there's no one left in there. But he just ran straight back in and just started singing, shut down in the blaze of glory. <laughs> Leapt into the flames. Yeah. Uh, all right, my question. Um, <laughs> yes, your question. Yeah, talking about getting angry, my question to you is what's something, just one thing, that makes you so fucking angry? <laughs> um, people who lack courtesy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's a so, good one. So I try to be a courteous person when I'm dealing with others out and about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I let people go before me or um, I'll hold a door for someone or I'll, uh, I'll wait for someone to cross the road if it's, if you know, even if I've got right of way. Um, just different things like that. I, I try to be like that. And yep. so people who lack it, I'm not expecting people to be like me, but at the same time, if it's a blatant opportunity to be courteous and someone chooses not to be, that kind of drives me a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I really don't like rude people that push into lines or squeeze past people if they're um, taking a bit long to do something. Or Yeah, I just, oh, I don't yeah. like that. Definitely gets my goat. But the biggest well. one is you hold the door for someone and they don't say thank you. You just walk straight through. Do you say anything or do you just go under your breath, fucking asshole? Uh, I normally say, my pleasure. Yeah. And I think I've said it once or twice where it's been loud enough that they turn around. And look at me, and there's nothing exchanged. But I, in that moment, I go, you know, like I realised that it was louder than louder than I intended. Oh, so even though um, you say it, when they do turn around and look at you, you don't you don't feel satisfied with that. You feel like I do, I do. But in oh. that moment, it's like the adrenaline is like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, but, I see. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll just be like, ah, oh, my pleasure. Well, imagine if you opened the door for some guy and you said, oh, my pleasure, and he just, like, walked through, didn't acknowledge you, and then he turned around and goes, what the fuck did you just say? Exactly. I just found, out, like, I just found out my mother died, mate. All right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, okay? Or would you, you just, want me to get the door again? Or would you just wink at him and go, well, my pleasure, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It's still not that hard to have a little bit of fucking courtesy, is it? <laughs> yes, right. Ah, oh, selfish. Um, <laughs> my, How about yourself, mate? I think for me it's uh, injustice, and it can be on the big scale, but also... You're very the... courageous tonight. <laughs> <laughs> also on you the... want to jump into a burning building? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it's like, it's like when you hear about an old fella who's fucking lived through the war... And then yep. some fucking arsehole breaks into his house, beats the shit out of him and steals, you know, 60 bucks from his wallet. That kind of yep. stuff, that really, it gets under my skin so much that I actually feel like smashing something. I don't smash anything, but I just, you know okay. what I mean? Like it builds up in me. I'm like, fuck, I just, what? oh man. And that kind of bully mentality and that kind of thing, that really, really yep. gets under my skin. And I, I hear stories all the time and I tr that's partly the reason why I don't, listen to the news because I just get too fucking irate about dickhead people. Um, yeah. 
And you know, and, he, and in, I've seen it before where, where you get an elderly person or someone with a disability or a young person or whatever, and they're on, on TV and they're, they're all bruised and they're sort of saying, oh, you know, I, I put up a fight, but, you know, he, there was three of them or something. You just go, fucking hell. Like, oh, put me in the room with them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough, mate. There's yeah. definitely, you do wonder what gets into people's heads when they commit a crime like well, that. Well, obviously, I mean, it could be things like drug habits and, you know, drug addiction and blah, 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 but I don't know. Yeah. Just, I don't know. That 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 just really, it really steams me. I get fucking irate, like I said. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough, mate. I, I don't think anyone would disagree with you there. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, we'll go to a short <laughs> break and come back with final thoughts. Fucker! It's the Fly on the Wall motherfucking podcast. So final thoughts on episode 66, Warren. Go. Oh, it's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yep. We did our witchcraft and magic and yeah, it was interesting. It was actually more interesting than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) Of course it was, mate. Of course it was. Yeah, we put our own. There's so much more. Like we we rarely scratch anything more than the very very anal soil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, those as well. I mean, anything filthy like that is always included. But in terms of the information, we barely scratch the surface. But what I always like is that it kind of. I always feel driven to look a little bit more into something and yeah. Um, yeah, follow a bit more of a trail just for my own purposes. So hopefully you've enjoyed it, listeners, but also Fly on the Wall investigates. I'm enjoying and every little tidbit of information and uh, research that you've done has been very interesting well, so far. And- let me tell you, folks, there's a whole lot more to come. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, mate, it's just good to have a, a natter with you. Yeah, always is. Um, nice to yeah catch up with you too, Warren. Um, fuck off. Uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, though, like you know how you like to dig a little bit deeper into subjects and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I wonder, listening back to the episodes, sometimes yeah. I wonder if you would like a podcast where you just purely talk about things and not joke around. <laughs> I, no, I don't think that'd be possible. Am I holding you back, Warren? Is my immaturity no, no. and ridiculousness <laughs> holding you back? Be honest. No, no, no. It's, 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 <laughs> I think that's it's what I need. It's what I need. I think that it's uh, it's it's good to have the mixture of everything. Okay, that's good. We've done well. That's the thing. I enjoy the creativity of of doing our little dramatic voice sagas and stupid like you know, voice stints of back and forth conversations. I love that just as much as I love a serious conversation on the siege of Stalingrad. That's good because so, I, I really take the opportunity for these little sessions we do, like especially uh, you know when I'm in the car at my house, you're in the car at your house. Yeah, I really take the opportunity to masturbate furiously um, <laughs> while we're while we're talking to each other, especially. Especially when you're talking Wiccan, fucking that sets me off something shocking. <laughs> you, you had a problem with how long the Wiccan section went on, I think. Yeah, because I'd already you finished. To get into the dark arts. As soon as you said Wiccan, I was, oh! <laughs> <laughs> so you needed to come down from all that. Yeah, that that's stuff, right. That's that right. I was on cloud nine. I was like, come on, man, let's just cuddle now. <laughs> it's funny you say cloud nine, actually, because yeah. the Wiccans believe that there are nine clouds in the magic. Tone of power. Oh, okay. 
And off no, he goes again. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you make that up? Yeah, I made it up. Oh, that's very clever. You had me there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's just called bullshit, mate. Why, why bullshit. is it called Cloud Nine? Do you know? I have no idea. Why not no Cloud, cloud Eleven or Cloud Sixty Nine? That's the one I'd be wanting to bounce on. Why do they say cats have nine lives? Yeah, it's true. Why is it a cat of nine tails? Exactly. Number nine. Because it's going to beat the nine lives out of you. So just in case you do have a, like, you're like a cat and you've got nine lives, each of those tails will will take one from you. (laughs) So a good thrashing with a cat of nine tails should take care of you completely. You'll be dead within minutes. Just to hear you say thrashing has encouraged me to masturbate furiously again. <laughs> You'd like to have your member uh, beaten with a cat of nine tails, just, wouldn't you? I just think, I think ad- masturbating is one thing, but furiously. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the comical part for me. That's the thing that triggers me. <laughs> yeah, I've got all sorts of horrendous visuals that I don't really want to deal with. I do, with, yeah, so. I do. Uh, no, but episode 66 <laughs> has been great. Uh, what do we got? Any ideas what we're going to do next week, Warren? Well, I was thinking about heavy metal today, Luke. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> and I was thinking that maybe we could have a little talk about the different subgenres because there are many like iron subgenres. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, like those, but also the music style. Yeah, cool. Um, That's and just, cool. And just just talk some different st- uh, metal uh, subgenres. Yeah, I like that. And Let's some do that. Favorite bands, and maybe even if we can have some. Some clips here and there. If we both, I, I can, don't know. I can, both I can to... certainly slot those in for you, big fella. Yeah, just to talk about stuff that we like, some distinctive like types of riffing, and oh yeah, some of the groovy ones that we love. And yeah, that's cool. Did you like, like that idea? I love that cool. idea. That's great. That's great. Uh, I think uh, if we talk metal as far as, you know, how it started, I suppose, and then up until, you know, what the current climate is with, with metal music, that'd be cool. Yeah, I like it. I'd have to update myself on what the current climate is because I oh, think I too. stopped about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got frozen in time about 10 years ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I'll do anything before then, but anything since then, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is that style? No, that's awesome. So, Let's definitely do that. But speaking of metal, I just wanted to mention uh, our metal uh, man, Glenn, our good yep. buddy Glenn, uh, for those of you who enjoyed the Tarantino special that we did a couple of weeks back um, with reviewing Natural Born Killers, we're still going to be doing more Tarantino movies, of course, but with the whole COVID-19 thing that we're back in lockdown, I did. Uh, I messaged Glenn and said, how do you want to do it, buddy? Do you want to do it on the phone? Or, you know, it was kind of cool when we got together and did it at your house. Do you want to keep doing it that way and just wait for this COVID shit to blow over? And he yeah. agreed with me. He said, yeah, let's uh, let's wait until we can actually hold each other's hands and watch the movies together. So that's uh, so it will be happening, people, um, but just we just don't know until when this whole shit blows over. Um, but, yeah, looking forward when to it. people stop playing fucking cricket oh, and yeah. start listening to the rules. And the, bi- <laughs> and the bitches that got busted in Box Hill for um, playing Pokemon Go, driving around, like, fucking hell. No, that was your little reference, was it? Oh, Actually, so, and another one where a guy went fucking 40 kilometres to get a certain kind of butter chicken. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking hell. Made me think of you and your pizza shop. <laughs> oh, mate. No, but that, even I wouldn't do that, you know what I mean? Even like, you, there you go. Put a, just put a bullet in that guy's fucking skull. <laughs> Seriously, like, are people... There's like, a lot of bullets for you today, 
mate. Well, You're going to need a whole magazine. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting old and grumpier, but the coronavirus Definitely. is one thing, but it's the fucking idiotic people out there. It's seriously, <laughs> it does my head in, the complacency of people. Now, I'll be the first one to put my hand up, and when, when the whole coronavirus started things start happening. I was like, oh, I don't know if it's that serious. But it wasn't long before I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this is serious and we need to do what we're told and pay attention and blah, blah, blah and, and do the social distancing thing and wash your hands, you know, like just play yeah. ball, people. It's not fucking hard. You've still got dickheads out there throwing parties and, you know, when the police yeah. rock up, they're all hiding in the cupboards and stuff. Like fucking <laughs> give it a rest. Like seriously, come on. Oh, yeah. Anyway, if, sorry, we all did, if we all did it and we all did it faithfully for about a month, yeah, we'd be fucking out of this. And it's not even like yes, some people are naive out there, but really, it, it, we're so bombarded by the media. How could you not know what to do in the current situation? No, it's, yeah, it's, you know? it's ignorance in the worst form. Which yeah, is knowing about it and choosing not to listen. I've still got. I've I still think got. That's what we're. I've still got some uh, like elderly clients who still go to shake my hand, and I think that's more of an innocent thing. Like it's a it's a it's a bit of naivety, but it's also an, an innocent thing where they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 sorry, mate, sorry, mate," you know. And I'm like, "Mate, uh, you know, you're in the vulnerable category. You're the one going to fucking die." <laughs> <laughs> that's right, but but at the same time too, like you know, even the the 85 year olds you'd be dealing with have never dealt with this situation yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And so a lifetime of courtesy and handshaking and politeness is, yeah, exactly. you know, has to be reset. And, so, I, you know, I get that. What I, what I say straight away is like happened today as well, actually, uh, with an older lady. I said... Um, Oh, Jane, you know, usually I'd shake your hand, but, you know, with the, with the current situation, I'll keep my distance from you and stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, you know. So uh, it's not hard. It's not hard to sort of, uh, uh, yes, like I'm very much a people person and I'm very personable and I'm not a touchy-feely person in general, but I am sort of, you know, um, a warm person that I think I can, uh, you know, get involved with people quite easily sort of thing. But so to keep my distance is it's You've hard. you bed on... On your side of it, today, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's it's a <laughs> uh, you know it's not it it goes against my grain to just be standing away from people and and you know yeah. that kind of thing. But but that's what we have to do, and it's for their sake, it's for my sake, and it's for my family's sake. You know, it's for everyone's sake. So fuck for fuck's sake, do the right thing. Ah <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Anyway, but let's end on a positive. Um, I love it, you, Warren. Love you too, man. Love you too. <laughs> no, it's been a great episode and uh, looking forward to 67. Uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to those lovely, sexy goats. Take care of yourselves, everybody, and we'll see you very soon. Toodles! Ooh.